Hi guys, welcome to Made It Happen Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hayflin. Made It Happen Podcast is a series highlighting young female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with young female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Today I'm going to be speaking with Cleo Deliave, the founder of Bouge Media, a digital marketing agency in Vancouver, and most recently diving into the podcast industry. Cleo is the manager of people and brands, including Caitlin Bristow, and the co-founder of Do Edit and Spade and Sparrows. I just want to start by saying thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, and I'm so excited to hear about your multiple successful businesses and your journey as an entrepreneur. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I, I loved I loved doing these podcasts and just getting to talk to other people about business and all of the, those things. <laughs> Absolutely. So how about we start off by just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your businesses? For sure. Yeah. So um, I'm right now currently quarantining in Vancouver um, and the sun is shining, which is so nice. Um, but yeah, I've, I've pretty much grown up in Vancouver and I went to school to BC. Uh, yeah, I went to school to BCIT and I did the marketing management program. And uh, so since I graduated, I knew that I wanted to be in marketing and I dove right into it and started my agency called Bouge Media. And at the time we were very focused on social media, but that was almost 11 years ago now. So we've definitely evolved and it's been really, really interesting evolving with the landscape itself. Uh, We were, you know, amongst the first wave of people getting into social media marketing for businesses. And from there it went, you know, we kind of got to see the different stages and and we're still boutique agency and we're still very niche in terms of we don't want to expand too much but our main focus is social media marketing influencer marketing and a lot of content creation whether it's website graphics and of course social media has never required for businesses to need more content than they do today and um, so that's kind of the the bulk of what we do there and through getting into influencer marketing about five years ago or I guess six years ago uh, I we started helping Caitlin Bristow when she went on The Bachelor and then she then became The Bachelorette and we really started working with her on building her brand and being like look you obviously have an amazing platform being on an ABC show with millions and millions of watch uh, of um, people watching every week and we really started thinking about more of a long-term plan for her and what she was really passionate about so that's been a really fun journey that Bouge Media has gotten to go on with her and really start building out different uh, branches and sides of her business and her brand and through that, uh, Caitlin and I started a couple of businesses. So the first one being Do Edit, which is a scrunchie line. And then most recently, Spade and Sparrows. Uh, there's three of us in that partnership, and that's her wine business. And because I worked really closely with her as well on her podcast, I really got introduced to the podcast world. I love 
podcasts. I listen to them all the time. I feel like you can have them for, you know, it adds value if you want to learn something or if you want to laugh or if you want to be entertained. So decided why not also start a podcast agency. <laughs> and so it's kind of a sister agency to Bouge Media. And that started that about a year and a half ago. Um, with one of my best friends, her name's Nadine, and she's really been running Podcast Nation. And um, yeah, so I feel like that's that covers everything that I'm working on right now. Awesome. Yeah, lots of different projects. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's really a loaded question when people ask me, what, what do I do? And I, I, what I literally say, I'm like, oh, I'm in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that really simplifies things, but I just didn't think that would be the right answer for, for you today. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I guess starting with the marketing, what was it that attracted to you to that industry in the first place? I know you said you went to school for it. So what was it that really made you want to go into that industry? So when I graduated high school, I I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think so many people feel that that same way. And I ended up going to a college nearby and just taking a whole bunch of different classes. I, from advertising to sociology to even accounting, you know, I was really trying to figure out what I was passionate about. And I think one thing that I know about myself is I need to be passionate about what I'm doing. Um, and and then I, I really do put everything I have into it. And my advertising class was the class that I enjoyed the most and that I connected with it. And I every project I just really enjoyed doing and just started doing a bit more research on the, the different industries that are in advertising. So that's how that started. And um, going into a program that was fully focused on marketing and communications, it really, we really got to meet a lot of people that were in that industry. And I, I definitely felt really aligned with it. So I, I knew what, while I was doing the program in school that, that I had chosen the right path for me. Awesome. And then I guess you went into and started your own business with that. And you had said, um, you know, you had started sort of when social media was just starting out and you were sort of getting your businesses into that. How did you know when social media came that, you know, this was actually going to be a big thing and this is going to stay and like, it can really benefit businesses. And how did you communicate that to them too? Cause they may have been a little bit hesitant at the time. Yeah. So I think it was really, there's definitely a little bit of luck that, that went into it and it's, so I guess the way that it first started is I knew that I wanted to do something on my own. I had interned at a really large advertising agency and realized that that's not the path that I wanted to go down. I didn't like the very corporate uh, feel. And I knew that I wanted to do something on my own. And I had a friend that worked in a um, like a, an acting agency. And she realized that 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 actors social media presence because they obviously had got into it I think a little bit quicker into it for business than most people because it's you know they're selling themselves and it's you have a media platform and people are interested in following you and so these actors were getting followers and acting and casting agents were actually looking at the following and sometimes it would be the final decision as to who they would cast for their show or their movie and so when my friend approached me and said, hey, like, I think that there's an opportunity here. We could look into doing it for some of our actors. Then um, I, I was like, they're 
could definitely be something here. And I had listened to not, I'm not the hugest fan, but you know, obviously understand a lot of people like him and, and see a lot of value in what he says, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. I've heard of him before. Yeah. Yeah. And he had said something and he said, um, you know, it's really smart to look at where he's like, I follow the pattern of where eyeballs go. And so if you think about as humans, like what we're always spending our time on, it is computers, cell phones. And, you know, now like Facebook was really starting to grow. It's crazy to think that at that point there wasn't even Instagram or a lot of these platforms that we're so familiar with right now. But I started realizing that a lot of people were spending time on, on Facebook and and thought that there'd be an opportunity there. And so when we started working with a brand, I actually saw more value in how it could really help brands reach their target audience. Um, and then so, yeah, so it, it was the first year or two was going to a lot of these meetings and it wasn't even about telling them how social media could help their business. It literally was telling them what social media was. And it was a presentation on what is Facebook, who is on Facebook, how you can read analytics. And so it was really at the very early, early stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely, that makes sense. And you know, you had said you'd going to the businesses and how, what sort of was the process of getting that first client or marketing your business when it was first starting out? I think the biggest thing for, for me was networking. I really got like, got right into all of like the networking events, whether they were small or big. I actually found a lot of times the small like meetups that you would get invited to were the ones that you could actually really connect with people. And then so much of it was from word of mouth. And because it is something that it was a lot of small businesses, actually, that we first, you know, when you were on these networking events that are looking for creative ways of, of getting their product out there without having the marketing budgets that a lot of these big companies have. So there, I found that they were the ones that were more open and to trying something like that and were a bit more creative with with how to reach their audience and so I felt like networking was a huge huge part of how Bouge Media started and, and and word of mouth and I think as long as you take a project on and do a great job and can show some results then more business usually follows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely that definitely makes sense and you had sort of mentioned with that how um, if you have the boutique agency and you know you've chosen to sort of keep it that way and like you don't want to expand too much. Can you tell us just a bit about, you know, what made you make that decision and sort of the thought process behind that? Yeah, I feel like for for us, we've made that decision and I guess there was a few different angles to that. And I think the first one is, I, I think that we can control better the work that comes out of the agency when you're always kind of aware of what's happening. And, um, and that way we really also take on projects that really fit our brand and that we're really passionate about because we do become an extension of their brand. So we really want to feel like we know everything about it and that we have that same passion to get that product out there. And I think that when you become too big, it's just the reality of it. You have higher overhead, you have, you know, way more staff that you need to keep on. So you just kind of have to take on projects that come your way, whether it's a right fit or not. And I think for us, 
I have always started businesses because of I because I want to create a brand. I want to create something that I, that feels good and that's that everyone really enjoys being a part of. And so for me, that's keeping it boutique feel where people that come to Fuji Media know what our what our brand is too, and whether that's a good alignment for them as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I I completely agree with that. And you know, you also said that you do a lot of influencer marketing with with the agency. And I'm I'm guessing it's sort of the same thing. Like you want to make sure that influencers the right feel for the company that you're matching them up with. Like how do you how do you go about and decide who's the right fit for those businesses? Yeah, I think influencer marketing can be so incredibly powerful. And out of a lot of the things that we've done, I feel like sometimes you see the most results with that. But like we tell people that we start working with, it has to be a really organic match. Like it has to be the right match because if you can get that influencer that has the audience that's going to be interested in your product, then you can strike gold and you know, like it's finally getting someone to buy your product, you know, purchase it, try it and ideally like be, become a repeat purchaser. Um, but I think it just goes into, in terms of researching, that's the, where I feel like you can get value in working with an agency that's worked with a lot of influencers because they already have that relationship with them. And we know like at this point, like I have a pretty good idea if a business comes to me and wants to do influencer marketing, what influencer a converts well, but it's not necessarily converts well. It just converts well for the, for the audience that you're going after um, because they all have, you know, they all have their specific audience and, knowing what product will will resonate with them and what product is organic to the influencer makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I guess behind sort of Bouge Media, you, it, you have a sort of great team there. Um, how did you go about building this team and what are some of the things you were looking for as you were hiring yeah, the team is is huge. And I think having amazing people that I get to work with every day is part of the reason I can have four different companies. If not, it would not be possible. So I think is it is important when you are hiring and when you start building um, that team and that working dynamic that, that trust is there. Because for, for me, I will say that I'm pretty good about empowering people and letting go of you know, really trusting the people that I work with because I can't be a micromanager or else I would go crazy and there would just be too much to do. So I think that it's, um, you know, everyone says it and definitely learned that it is true. It's you hire slow, fire fast. And, and I think when you hire slow, hopefully you don't have to fire, you know, that kind of eliminates that process. So I've just gotten really lucky to a for bougie media. It's, um, a little unconventional, but I hired my stepmom, and that's been about that was about five years ago. So she's been with us for for that long, and I trust her one thousand percent. And she is does a great job. Like she really runs Bouge Media, and and has built a great team there. And then for Podcast Nation, I also work 
like obviously partnered with my best friend. I had worked with her. She worked at Bouge a while ago. And then we also started a tech startup a while ago. So we know that we work really well together. But again, like for me, that key piece is that trust factor. And some people work really well with people they know. I think that it is nice because I think it's easier to know whether the trust is or not. And some people don't. So I think it's also understanding yourself and know and being honest with yourself of what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely a very important part in a team. And, you know, especially you have sort of multiple businesses. So having that trust is definitely important with it. And um, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. And with Bouge, you also had just recently launched a pay it forward project with your agency, which is amazing. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about that and how you came up with that idea? Yeah. Oh, that was, that was awesome. So I, we kind of came up with it, that idea just as the pandemic hit and we're all working from home and I was in Australia and I had just gotten back. So the girls and the team had been home already for a week and we, we did a team meeting and obviously everyone was a little bit, it was really nice. I, I feel like in a way this brought our team closer together and just checking in on each other, seeing how we're doing and we're making sure to do the FaceTime Zooms. And we said, it's like, it is a scary and unknown time. And I'm like, this is the time where we can really get creative, um, where we can try to see like, how can we build the bring the community together at this point because I feel like for us like community has always been really important and going back to like you, you know the small businesses and those first businesses that you work with and and all our current clients you know really trying to help them and so it's really the team that came up to, to, together and be like look there's so many people that are, are so many small businesses that are suffering so much right now and we were talking about how grateful we were that we were still all able to work together and so we decided to put a posting on social media and and have people tell us why they would need um, marketing help at this time and that we would pick a winner and it was really nice doing that project together and we got the team really excited and then we got we got quite a few submissions and we wanted to take them all and it was nice to read them all but also you know it definitely a little little bit hard to read like because it really makes you realize like the landscape that we're at this point. Mm-hmm. So we ended up taking two companies. <laughs> we picked two and it's been so fun working with them. It's been amazing. And, and even, um, we picked one of the companies is a catering company called a boy with a knife and they're here in Vancouver. And, you know, we started the phone call and they were just so deflated and they were explaining to us how much, you know, they're like, we we had such a good year. We had weddings booked all until September. And then now they all, they had to all be canceled. So just for 45 minutes, we brainstormed and it was talking about new opportunities and how to pivot and how we could help, you know, having digital right now is huge. And how do you take advantage of that in the best way possible? And by the end of the call, they were like, it just seemed like there were two different people and they're, they they were like, wow, we're actually so excited. It's, it's unbelievable how much our mind just shifted and, and we just feel better about what's happening. And that was just the best to just help, help someone else out and, and know that you can make a difference. And um, so it's been a really good project for us. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, yeah, that's such good to hear, like, so good to hear. And um, it's amazing what a difference something like that can do. 
Um, and if you were sort of giving advice to like one business out there that maybe is struggling, what's sort of one piece of advice you'd give them to that they can pivot their business or sort of one way to cope with the current situation? My advice would be it's different for everyone because it's different industries, but I think it's really looking at, well, being honest with the landscape and that it will most likely change for the next while. But with change, there's always opportunity as well. And trying to see if there's a really good organic natural way that you can pivot so that your business can take advantage of those opportunities. And obviously trying to take advantage of a digital they're talking about a second wave and there may be a third fourth like i think the craziest thing about this is how much unknown there is and and so i think it's setting yourself up for okay you know people might have to be at home again for another couple months and how do you set yourself up and prepare yourself for that next wave or that third wave and um and setting yourself up more virtually digitally it, yeah not easy. It's not easy. But what I also have said to both companies that we're working with, and I truly believe it, is for both of these companies, uh, they are now able to set themselves up more digitally. And we're just trying to help them build a separate part of their business that when things can go back to normal, now they're going to just add an extension to it. So then now they're going to have two verticals instead of just focusing on one. So if all goes well, it now just means that they're expanding their business and they're going to profit more so in the long run and ideally keep both of their verticals growing. Yeah, definitely. That's a great way to think about it um, too. And, you know, it just makes them even more successful in the end. Um, so that's amazing. You also have two other very successful businesses that you're the co-founder of. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about those and how they got started as well? Yeah. So, um, so I, a lot of it, you know, that it happened so organically, it definitely wasn't very planned. Um, we were, I was in Hawaii with Caitlin a couple years ago and she's always worn scrunchies ever since I've known her. And Caitlin's hair always looks so good. And I love it when it's up. And I always find she can have just so much volume. And, you know, she was saying how much she loves scrunchies. And we're like, hey, should, let's try doing a line and seeing how it does. And I think the key of its success, because it really did, it, yeah, it resonated with her audience really well right off the that and I think it's Caitlin has never wanted to do something that didn't feel super authentic to her and she's never been the one to like want to put like this messaging or product down people's throat that she wouldn't want to do herself so I feel like because it was so true to her it did it just did so well and we focus on different um we call them edits so they're different collections every four to six weeks and she wants to just completely change it every month, month and a half, pick a new, um, like a new theme color scheme. And now we're bringing some of the really popular back, but it, it was the model where, you know, if you want this scrunchie now, you, you have to get it now because now the next orders that are coming in is going to be a different collection. So it was really, it was a cool model and it's interesting because the demand was much higher than the supply. So a lot of the challenges were trying to figure out how to scale quickly, but also how to scale accordingly. 
keeping the quality of customer service of the product of everything because we wanted to make the product in in the u.s and canada and so that was a challenge and we've learned so many things going through this but it's such a fun brand to work on yeah definitely no that's, it sounds like so fun and you know especially when it's when it's something that you're actually passionate about it just makes it that much better working on yeah. Well, and then speaking of passion and, and back to your original question, like with Spade and Sparrows is Caitlin is the most passionate person about wine that I have ever met. And even if you go back and watch like the show, when she was on the show, The Bachelor, she was either drinking wine or whiskey. <laughs> she loves her wine, everything. She's always referenced everything to wine, like wine makes everything great. And it was obviously something that we're like, oh my God, a wine brand for you would be so natural. But you're like, where do you even start with that? And it was almost like, no, like a wine brand that just seemed too big. But I think the more we saw how dedicated Caitlin's audience was, once we had already launched one product, we're like, okay, like, you know what, let's, let's try it and see how, how it goes. And, and yeah, we just, it was, it was something that we just didn't think we'd ever get to. And, and we're so glad that we did because it is, she is just so passionate about it. And she's so excited. We have the second run of Spade and Sparrows launching soon. And, and she's just like, so excited to get it out there. Yeah, that's awesome. And I saw that it was, it's available in Vancouver now. Is it available in other places in Canada I know I've I keep checking the website because I've been dying to order it but oh well I know it was crazy we ended up ordering um a few cases to test it out because with Canada you obviously can't sell them online and I think Mm -hmm. a lot of like the wine retail business is definitely a little bit more old school so a lot of people are like you know when talking to distributors like oh you know have um Caitlin Bristol so it's finally like, who cares? Like they don't really know that there's a bit of, like, there's that power of her Canadian loyal followers that, that um, feel like really connected to her. So mm-hmm. we're like, we ended up uh, one of, so our other business partner had a really good relationship with a distributor and he's like, Hey, why don't you guys just try it out? Just buy a few cases and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sell it at a couple of the liquor stores. And they sold out within two days. And it was really cool because Caitlin did a campaign on her social to be like, Vancouverites, you guys have to do this for the rest of the Canada, like the whole country, because (laughs) if we do well, then the distributors will take us and ideally go across the country. And so obviously they saw the power of the Caitlin's uh, fans. She doesn't like to call them fans, but followers. And, um, and then now the goal is to get, have it in Canada in July and hopefully back east pretty quickly. So everyone in Canada, other than Vancouver, you have the Vancouverites to thank. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited to buy that. I'll definitely, I'll keep an eye out for when it, when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Spade and Zero 2.0, it's really good. We got, um, it's just a, a new wine. There's a Pinot Noir in this collection too, which Pinot Noirs are Caitlin's absolute favorite. So she really wanted to have one in, in this next uh, round. So very delicious. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited. And, you know, you had said like it is 
there is a lot more sort of restrictions with it, but what sort of was the process behind, you know, creating that company? Like you said, like, where do we even start with this? Like, you know, some of the fun experience of, of actually creating your own wine company. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, the fun part for sure, when uh, we all went to Napa, so there's four of us that work on the company and we all went to Napa and we're like, wow, this is awesome that we get to come here and taste wine and this is for work. <laughs> so <laughs> those are definitely the perks. Um, when it comes to like licensing and all of that, maybe that's not as much fun. Um, but no, it's like building out a very well-rounded team that has different skill sets. And so our, our third partner is a lawyer. So that was, I think it was, it was really uh, when you're building or structuring a company, it is really good to have people that have different skill sets. And we knew that right off the bat and, um, that has been helpful. So he's been dealing more with like the logistics and, you know, like all the regulations that come with having an, al an alcohol brand. And then we've been focused more on the branding, but I mean, of course, at the beginning, it's a really collaborative process and the fun parts are finding a name and designing the wine. And so, the biggest thing is we just wanted to it to make sure that Caitlin loved it. So she was really involved in the process of picking all of that. And um, yeah, but I think once you also start a company or two, like you start seeing the patterns of, of, you know, the, every time it becomes a little bit easier and it's like experience, right? Like you just, mm -hmm. you have to do it to gain experience and then, and then you have it. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And um, I believe, so you and Caitlin had been friends for a long time before. When did you guys decide that you wanted to go into business together? Well, before she found out, it was, I think it was just before her and I went to, on a trip to Vegas. She found out that she might potentially go on The Bachelor. And I had worked previously um, with Jillian Harris briefly on, on a company that she had started. And so I felt like I had seen what a great job Jillian had done in building her brand from, from having the same platform that Caitlin was just about to go on. So I think just having my agency, I was like, we can help you with this. We'll build your brand. Well, we can do, we can create a website. Um, but I think the really cool part about our working relationship, which is also translated into our friendship is that I've grown so much with Caitlin as well, you know? So at, at first we were her, um, we were her brand managers and then, you know, really working on helping her with her partnerships, but we just worked so well together. And I just saw so much potential in her that I would always like look for opportunities for her and that she would be excited about. And obviously there's only so much that she could do, especially when she was traveling a lot. She was still doing a lot of media for the show the first year. Um, so it was just like helping her more and more. And it's it just something that became a really natural working relationship for the both of us. And it, um, it just worked. Yeah. It's worked so well. We have so much fun yet. We're just so productive working together. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. And I mean, yeah, it definitely looks like, you know, you guys have fun working together, which is so great. And yeah, so important. <laughs> and so you, so you run these multiple businesses as well as, you know, managing other people's schedules as well as your own. How do you manage your time with doing all of this and, you know, staying sort of organized with all of it? Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Cause I'm definitely not the most organized person, especially when there's so much going on. So thank goodness. Um, recently I had, I've brought, um, Kayleen, she's my personal assistant or my EA and that has been really, really helpful. So she has a really good insight on what's going on, all the companies, what I need to do and make sure that, that everything's possible. There's no overlap. Um, but the biggest thing goes back to my team and, and, and I think also understand, knowing yourself as an entrepreneur and knowing where your blind spots are. I talk about that a lot. It's like, I know what my weaknesses are and I, I know that organization is one of them. So when I'm hiring people, I, I hire people that, that have skill sets that complement mine or more so have skill sets that I don't have. <laughs> so that, um, but I mean, it is, it is a challenge and I think I obviously really enjoy working a lot and, I'm honest with myself, like knowing that if I'm going to start this new venture, that it's going to take up a lot of time and, and being okay with that. And it's just my personality. I, I, I'm energetic and I like to do a lot of the things, but, um, but I also wouldn't recommend it for everyone. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, one company less would be nice. <laughs> Especially when something like a pandemic hits and, and then everything is affected. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> And well, I guess you'd also said too, you know, with, um, you also started a new business recently with, um, podcasting. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and sort of how that all got started? Yeah. And I will say like one thing is like, yeah, obviously when you hear it's like, oh, four businesses, but they're all super intertwined. And I think that, you know, having a digital marketing agency makes it way easier to be able to take on like like right now we just launched a digital series for Caitlin. It's like, I have that support that we can help with production and the marketing of it. So I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's nice that I've been able to stay in the same, in the same realm and, um, starting new brands and companies, having someone who can do a website or who can do graphics, like it makes it definitely more, more doable. Um, with podcast nation, it's, we started, uh, yeah, I guess it's been about a year and a half ago and we have some really awesome shows and we do everything from production to marketing, sales, distribution. And it's where we found there was a bit of a hole in the market. Um, when we were researching for podcasts for Caitlin was when we were initially doing the deal, we realized, cause we're like, Oh, well, our agency can, you know, can do, part of it and um we just need this and this right but it, it wasn't like working with other agencies it was like all or nothing and so you had to take their whole suite of products when potentially like that wouldn't be the best fit because like we know her so well and we work with with her day in and day out but we ended up finding a great partner for her but it was just interesting to see the different um just the the different ways podcasting agency worked versus our marketing agency. So we thought that we could create a model where we're way more flexible in terms of pro providing the services that they need, whether it's like half of it and just the marketing and the sales, or whether it's just the production and distribution. And um, so we, yeah, and we do it on a bit of a sliding scale. So the, the more downloads you get, then eventually the less percentage we we take, which I don't know if anyone else does that. Maybe there are some companies now, but just trying to make it more uh, or incentivize the hosts more because they're clearly a huge reason why the podcast is a success. Mm -hmm. No, that definitely makes sense. And that's like definitely interesting to hear. And like you saw that there was that opportunity and took it, which is 
which is so great. And so I guess moving on, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to start their own business? I would say for sure. Number one is you have like, well, not you have to be, um, well, I guess maybe I'll take it back one step is understanding why you want to start that business. And there's so many different reasons and it, it, there's no right or wrong, right? Like it, it, whether it's to have fun and build a brand or whether it's to make money and make, you know, have amazing profits, it's understanding why. And then I think secondary is, you know, doing something that you ideally have some kind of passion in because if not it's going to be a long road and it's going to be like there are going to be challenging times and what's going to keep you in it what's going to keep you motivated and what's going to make working 12 to 14 hours a day every day for a few weeks or months like achievable so I would say that and then the other thing is as you grow was like knowing when to hire a team like when to start building your team and sometimes you have to invest a little bit before in order to be able to scale and grow but yeah and I think it's like always really good to talk to different people that have started businesses because what I've learned is there is no one way of doing a business and I think that that's a lot of times has to go with your gut and back to that original reason of why you're doing a business yeah absolutely that's definitely great advice I completely agree. And I guess, do you have any sort of future plans for your businesses that um, you'd like to share? Oh, any future plans? Oh my gosh, I feel like right now I'm going day by day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, trying to think if there's any future plans. I, I just feel like we're going so quickly and there's been so many things, projects that, that have been, you know, in the horizon. And, and I feel like now we're in them, you know, we just, we just launched Caitlin's digital series and, um, we're going to be launching her music. I think I can say that because by the time this podcast comes out, I think it will probably have launched. And there's a couple other fun things in, in the works, but I feel like we're just, we're just moving quickly here day by day. (laughs) Absolutely. That's definitely understandable. And then I did ask a question completely unrelated, but it just seems like you've done a lot of traveling. I was just wondering sort of what your favorite place you've been to was. Oh, I think I have to say Italy. I'm I'm obsessed with Italy. I love it. It's, it's just, for me, it, it's, it combines everything that I love. It's like people's energy, food is so important. And I just love how quaint and warm it is. I've obviously only been in the summer, but I would say that's my favorite. And then a place that I've recently been to, which surprised me in terms of how much I loved it was Iceland. Yes, I definitely agree. That's probably one of my favorites too. Oh, so you've been? Yeah. I I think it was about a year and a half ago. um, I went with a couple of girlfriends and stuff but yeah well I know it sort of got off topic there but (laughs) no 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 I mean I could talk about traveling all day (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too definitely but um thank you so much for you know answering all those questions and um giving a bit of insights into your businesses um and do you have any sort of final thoughts on the on it all oh well thank you so much for for having me I hope that um 
you know, it's hard sometimes for sure to give business advice, I will say, because I think that everyone's journey is different. Um, but I would just say to anyone listening, if you're thinking of starting a business, it is, it is a great ride. And I, and I always say like, I feel like it's the best way to learn and you end up getting so much growth, business growth, um, just going through the experience. So I highly, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, yeah, definitely great advice. Um, my failed business, I look at that as pretty much, um, it, that was my MBA. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it, it's, it, it's all about your perspective. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, and how about you just, um, uh, tell us where people can find you or your businesses online. Okay, so I guess for me personally, it's Cleo, my last name, Delayave, D-E-L-A-L-L-A-V-E. And then Bouge Media um, is at Bouge Media, uh, B-O-O-J-E-M-E-D-I-A. And then the our most recent one that we launched is Podcast Nation, and that one's at podcast.nation. And then they all have the websites on there. And then there's do, uh, at do edit. And then the wine is at Spade and Sparrows. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.